Hey, Short Porch listeners, you can find us every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Listen up, guys. We've all accomplished things we never thought we could. Running your first 5K on no sleep, learning a new language you'll never use, and winning that college basketball bracket challenge, even if it was auto-picked. So why not add cutting your own hair to the list? Wall makes hair clippers that keep you looking your best. And hey, if a winning bracket just isn't in the cards for you this year, at least you'll have a winning look. Get your wall hair clippers at wallusa.com. Wall, you got this. I am your host, Hubs. Alongside me is the voice of Fordham, otherwise known as Alarmly Stupid, otherwise known as Tommy Smokes. Tom Scabelli. Tom, say hello. What is up? That sounded very depressing. What is up? I, I mean, every week you ask me to say hello. Like, I don't know. You're trying to... No, now I'm in your head. Yeah, you're in my head. Like, <laughs> I, I never know how to start. Like, hello. Like, whatever. What's you're up? You're like a hey. robot. What, what is up? Yeah. Um, so, we have another episode. Uh, it's not a ton to talk about, but we have a great interview lined up. Uh, JJ, formerly uh, Barcel JJ on Twitter. Uh, but we have to get into Tom right now. He's alarmingly stupid is coming out to play, and he's he's taking names. Tom's Tom's getting a little full of himself. So, I mean, that's not true. Oh well, what happened? In, what happened in Fordham with the pizza? Place? All right, so we're recording Wednesday this week. So on Tuesday, I uh, I was in I was in my room. So Tuesday I have class. I have a ten o'clock class and a two thirty class. So I'm not. It's one of the days I'm not in it at Barstow. I'm in Monday Tuesday uh, Monday Wednesday Thursday. Uh-huh. Not that anyone cares. But no, regardless, not one person cares. I was in my room. It was like one thirty. I'm in my room reading a book for my two thirty class because I knew we were gonna have a quiz. So I'm reading this book. You know, trying trying to be a good student. I get a text from my one friend in a group chat with like 10 people, and he's like, uh, he said, Prez here at Pugsley's doing a pizza review. Did you sprint there? And I, I literally responded, I said, no shot. That's all I said. I said, no shot. Because uh-huh. I was like, there's no way he would, like, they'd be here and not tell me. Like, there's just no way that that would happen. So he just responded, he's like, okay. And that was it. I forgot about it. Then, like, 10 minutes later, I get a DM on Twitter. From another kid I know at Fordham, his name's Nick, and he's not someone that would lie to me. My other friend, like, he's one of my best friends, like, I, he would definitely, like, lie to me and make something up like that. So, Nick DMs me on Twitter, and he's like, let's see where it is. Not sure if you're at Fordham right now, but Prez is doing a pizza review right now with John Taffer at Pugsley's. I was like, for real? How do you know? He said, yeah, I'm here with him. And I just, and I just said, like, I'm coming. And I ran out of my bed, I got ready, got my clothes, and it's like a... I guess if I was going slowly, it'd be like an eight to ten minute walk. I got there in five minutes. Not a little speed walk, a little brisk, brisk. You were the most pace. unathletic person I know. I am. And we we shared a basketball court for a little bit during intramural. So the thought of you like speed walking is hilarious. Yeah, to me. it was probably not Did a you great trip. Sight. How many times did you trip? I didn't trip. I, I surprisingly I didn't trip. So I got there, and the way Pugsley's is set up is like you can't really like see it. Uh, we have Jared walk. You go away. In. This is where you go away. He, he threw me off big time. Jared Carabas just walked in. All right, we're going to ignore that <laughs> that little gremlin. Um, anyway, so I, I see okay. Dave there doing his pizza review, and uh, I, I went right up next to Frankie, and he was holding his umbrella and, <laughs> and holding the camera. I just tapped on Frankie's shoulder, like, in like, I can't believe this. And mm-hmm. then Dave saw me, and just walked down. I was like, I can't believe you would you have- walked right into the camera. You would have the stones to come to my turf, my, balls my, to my do own backyard. How about the balls to not tell me? I think he respected that. You're, and, an, you're, an, you're outside your mind. And uh, I was like, I can't believe you'd come here and not tell me. And uh, he was like, oh, what's up? And I, I did a slice, and we'll get into later in the episode with JJ. We talked about how I probably should have given it a higher review. No, oh, we're going to get into right now how you had pizza. All, you have no idea how to eat pizza. And it well, I use a lot face. of that. Whenever I eat, I 
end up using like 100 napkins, everyone makes fun of me. I need a napkins. I didn't have any napkins. If I had napkins there, it wouldn't have been an issue. So everyone's like, you use too many napkins. I'll show them that video. Like, that's why I use napkins. Learn how to eat a pizza pizza. And I then walked them to other places on Arthur, and they could not believe that I went to school here because it, it is the hood. It is really a bad area. They're like, I can't believe your parents would send you here. Have you never been mugged? It's it's not a great area at all. But uh, it's, it's not when you're a tough guy like me, you just you handle it. Certainly not great. And then today on the rundown, uh, we'll play it right now, the clip. Uh, it's a great clip. Is that an A&M and agri- rally? agricultural school? Biggest losers. It used to be, yes. I mean, technically, yeah. It's and you wear rings? The, the A&M okay, they yes, I do have my ring. You're wearing it? I do. Oh, my God. Every Aggie wears their ring. This is, that's, that's, that's a loser lame. move. But, okay, that's but a loser what they move. Move. That's so lame. Notre Dame and... Tommy's laughing at Yeah, even Tommy Smokestakes, that's a loser move. He's the biggest loser here. Okay. Fair. Basically, Big Cat called you the lamest person in the office. Um, which is, is it, biggest loser, I think. Biggest exact quote. No, I heard lame. That lame is a, lame too. might be meaner than loser. Lame is like you're just lame. There's nothing cool about you. You're just a loser. Like your losers, in fact, is within lame. Like lame is just the worst. Yeah, whatever. I'll I'll take it. I've been called worse or equal. So <laughs> you, you look to cry. No, I'm not. All it's right. Cool. <laughs> so well, there's nothing going on with me. I didn't go any bad dates uh, this week. Um, but I am going to Vegas, so we will get into that later in the episode uh, with JJ. So we're going to go right to our interview right now. And I want to honor real quick a good man that passed away last night, Stephen Hawking. One of the fake smartest people ever. We're not really sure if he did anything. He'd made a movie, which is, there's a movie about him, Theory of Everything, which is actually very good. But I don't really know if anything happens in that movie either. He's just the big, like, saying the world's going to end every, like, five years, and it really doesn't. Um, but Stephen Hawking... Uh, is going to take us into this JJ interview. It's fantastic. Um, hope you guys enjoy. Uh, tune in. Ball game over. Yankees win. All right, we now welcome in JJ. You know him on Twitter as at Bartstool JJ. Uh, JJ, how's it going, bud? Pretty good. Pretty good. How is the Philly move? The Philly move. Uh, it's been so far so good. You know, it's definitely a change. Um, this is probably since I moved the first thing I've like commented on barstool wise. So everyone who thinks that I just got like fired, I, uh, just, I moved to Philly and I'm yeah. 33. So I, <laughs> I had to start doing adult stuff. Yeah. The, yeah. They become a real person finally. Um, yeah. don't yeah. get me wrong. I'm jealous of the life that you two get to lead, you know, Tom still being in college, you being, you know, what, what are you like? 24. Yeah. I just turned 24, 24 years old working for barstool. Um, honestly, you should be at whatever bar girls that like bar stool guys go to. Yeah. Cause like, you should just be cleaning up right now. <laughs> if not for my terrible hairline, la- I think that well, would be a thing. We found out last week didn't go so well on the last episode. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I heard that. I heard that. And that's, you know, that's your fault for going on dates. Like, yes, you don't need to oh, go I'm on such dates. a sucker. Just go to a bar. That is the one problem with me is like, I, for whatever reason, I hate being single and I love being in a relationship of some sort because I'm so lazy at bars. I hate going out and reaching out and talking to people. So I really need to change that, um, and that is my own fault for sure. Um, but yeah. you were definitely right with that. Um, you also got a dog. Uh, so tell us about – is it – it's a he? Yeah. Okay. Um, he's on Instagram at Jorge underscore Paw Sada. Fantastic. Uh, my, That's amazing. My wife was going to do an Instagram, so we had to have a good name for yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. What kind of dog? He's uh he's a mutt, but he's a rescue. He's a puppy. Love it. Uh, I'm not a dog person at all. Yeah, like, I, I wasn't didn't have either. a dog growing up. I don't really like dogs. 
I have a mild allergy, so this okay. was a gift from my wife. But I work from home, and now this dude is my best friend in the world, and I regret everything I ever thought yes. about dogs. That's exactly – it was the same thing with How me. How could you guys not be dog people? Uh, they, I had bad experiences younger. Like, I got bit, like, all the time when, like, people were like, oh, don't worry about the dog. Like, he doesn't bite. And then, like, three minutes later, I'm bleeding. So, like, that was my – I just got scarred for life and, like, jumpy dogs. But my sister got a dog – like three years ago, a little Shih Tzu, his name's Giuseppe. She she named it, not me. And uh, she ended up moving just to Brooklyn randomly, and she couldn't keep ter- keep uh, care of the dog. So now it's been mine for two years, and I went from like hating dogs to being like, this is my best friend in the world. See, I always wanted a dog, and my mom would never let me get one. Then when I was seven, I used to have a problem with camps, with summer camps. I don't know why. <laughs> I just didn't like going. I'd cry my way out of a lot of them. And I went to one summer camp, the Floral Park Rec Center, and she said, if you just go to this camp, like, don't leave this one. I'll buy you a dog. And I just didn't do it. I just cried. My cousin was even a camp counselor there. And for whatever reason, I just couldn't go to camp. And I never got a dog. Still <laughs> like him, though. But yeah, I never had. Well, we had a dog when I was real young. But it was my dad's from when he was single. And so then eventually I just became old enough to walk the dog. So the dog was nothing but a burden to me. Right. So I just never got into them until I got this guy. Yeah. It's it's definitely a game changer. And for, for a guy that hates just communicating with, with other human beings, a dog is a big plus for me, like in terms of just feeling not completely alone in my life. <laughs> That's how miserable a person I am. I literally have the Yankees on my dog. My wife was in Vegas all weekend for work. She had to go like Thursday to yesterday. Uh-huh. So I was alone with the dog, too. I didn't go out this weekend. I just hung out with him. Like, I didn't need to leave the house. It solved me having a text, like, who wants to do anything? Yeah. Just nothing. Oh, yeah. The absolute best. And speaking of Vegas, I'm going to Vegas literally in 12 hours. We will get into that in a little bit. I, I hope you have some tips for me because I think I think you're, you, you should be pretty experienced and you're a good person to to lead me into bad trouble. So uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. So let's get into some Yankee spring training. Not a whole lot going on, but we got a little stuff. Obviously, uh, the Yankees signed Neil Walker uh, a couple days ago. Kind of a signing I didn't expect to, to happen. I thought we were pretty much all set all around with the roster. Um, but Neil Walker like wasn't getting any money. It seems they were interested in the past, and the price tag was too high, especially around the Brandon Drury time. And no one like no one extended the guy an offer, and the Yankees stole him for five million bucks. He's a pretty good uh, piece to add. The veteran uh, veteran hitter had a solid OPS. I think it was eight hundred one last year between the two teams. Uh, he was on. Um, he can play a little bit of first, which is nice uh, because backup first baseman is always a problem the Yankees have. And he'll be a good second baseman, allowing Glaber to properly develop a little further in the minors. Uh, so, what do you think about Neil Walker coming on? I mean, I didn't, I didn't see it coming at all. Right. I was curious what we we're going to do because Gleyber hasn't looked great. Right. Um, so to you know, making a move, this move totally makes sense. We got him on one year deal. We traded Starling Castro for Giancarlo Stanton, and then signed a second baseman for half of Castro's salary. Right. So I think it's a great move. Uh, one of the things it's very easy to, as a Yankee fan, you know, like, hey, we're here, we're back, we're ready to go especially in your role. Now that I don't write about the Yankees on a day-to-day basis, like one of the things, especially when you write for Barstool, is like getting the fans excited and just like, fuck it, we're in, we're back. Definitely. And it's very easy to get caught up in that, and especially the young players we have. But one of the good things, because the Yankees are never tanking, we can always trust that the moves they're making are to make the team better. So clearly, you know, management saw something that we just wouldn't know about because we don't work for the Yankees. And, you know, for some reason, they think Torres needs some 
some more time down in the minors. And if that's what he needs, then that's good. The guy missed a lot of last year. And, you know, worst case, he comes up later in the season. Or, you know, best case, he doesn't sniff the major league roster at all this year because Walker was so good and we're cruising into a parade. Right. Yeah, 100%. And there was no reason to rush Glaber at all. Um, and I don't know whether it was him pressing in spring training or just like being rusty or whether it was his still his injury. I don't think the injury and the and health is an issue at all. But um, it whatever it, he just wasn't ready. He you know then there's no reason to force it. And if you got a guy out there on the market for five million dollars like Neil Walker, you got to pull the trigger. So I don't know when Glaber would exactly come up. Um, and and there's not necessarily a rush, but sometime in the summer. I mean he will be part of this team 100% in 2018 it's just a matter of when um and and hopefully he just goes right back to Scranton and mashes like he was last year and we're like okay now we can bring him up and slide Neil Walker into a reserve utility type role um and and it just works out perfectly that way and it does seem like the start the opening day Ross the opening lineup will at least be Drury at third and him at second which kind of sucks for Andahar because I don't know when he's going to get a shot at this point yeah I mean I I don't like admitting when I'm wrong, but I think I was wrong at first. And you came over to my desk, you're like, what do you think of this Walker deal? And I was like, I don't really like it. I was like, I, I think it kind of is screwing on Duhar and Torres. But you know what? I, I've had some more time to think about it. $5 million for one year really isn't that much. And on Duhar, I mean, he's been struggling lately. His spring training's averaged down to 257. He hasn't hit. He hit four home runs quickly. He hasn't hit a home run now at least a couple weeks, two or three weeks right. now, I think. So it, it kind of makes sense. I mean, Torres and it's not like they're shot prospects. It's just they're young. They're in their young 20s. They need time to develop. So when you have veteran options like Walker and Drury, I, I get it. It makes sense. I mean, I hope it doesn't become like a Stephen Drew situation where they just insist on getting him at bats if he's yeah. hitting 200. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think that he'll be fine, lefty swing, Yankee Stadium. So I'm I'm pretty much okay with the move right now, and I just hope the Torres and are get it together at some point yeah you you, you just with next year's third base class it just sucks we're running out of time to possibly even use andahar and i thought this would at least be the window to do it um so i mean maybe he, at this point he's just a trade piece I, like it's as shitty as that sounds but i mean who knows drury could get hurt to be yeah. honest and we could get him like in, in two weeks like that could easily happen injuries happen and crazy like neil walker could get hurt and we'll have to force glaber up you know like quickly could I, happen. I also think walker being a switch hitter was appealing to them yeah. because right now they don't unless i'm blanking they don't have a switch well aaron they don't have a switch hitter yeah, in, headley like, was last year and right he's, he's gone other yeah. than that, yeah, no, I think they like having switch hitters, definitely. and that we used to love switchers. Switch hitters used to like you know be all over this lineup. It was almost like every yeah, other it's hitter. Just Hicks right now, and now Walker. Oh, Hicks, right. Um, yeah, so I, I'm a big fan of what they're doing right now. Although I would just love for Andahar to get some sort of shot because I feel like he deserves it at this point. All he does is mash in every level that he's in. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, well, I think one of the things when you think about Andujar is he's. When, from what we've seen of him, he's an impact hitter. Like, we saw that when Judge, when he first came up, too. When he hits the ball, he hits the shit out he's of it. so you know, violent. He, whether His swing it's is very wall, violent. Yeah. Or he's hitting it through the wall. Right. He's hitting it for impact, and he has some things that he needs to piece together, whether it's, you know, being a little more consistent at the plate, better eye, um, you know, getting, getting in a position to draw, you know, more walks and increase that on-base percentage. Uh, but at the same time, He's not a terrible trade piece if it's mm-hmm. available. And he's an amazing backup 
if in the event that someone gets injured. Mm-hmm. With the lineup that we have, we have so many power hitters because I think a lot of people is very easy to forget. Like Greg Bird's healthy this year, For and we've now. got Stanton For and Joe and For Sanchez now. and yeah. Didi. Yeah. That if we have Drury, who gives us a better better batting average, better on base percentage, get some ducks on the pond for these big bats, and defensively plays a better third base, I'm fine with that for this year. One hundred percent. Yeah, I'm a big I'm a big fan of Drury. I think uh, he's not essentially proven yet. He's only you know had two years in the majors, but I see potential in that guy. And uh, yeah, we'll have to see if Andahar actually becomes a trade piece or not. He will be a very good trade piece to package with one of our guys, no doubt about it. Especially if he keeps hitting like he is right now. Um, so uh, in, and another guy uh, that was a trade in the trade rumors was Chance Adams, and this guy has just had a catastrophe of a spring training, which kind of sucks because I really wanted him to prove the organization wrong and that he couldn't be a starting pitcher uh, for this team. And obviously, spring training doesn't. It's not, you know you can't take every statistic into into mind, but like you didn't want to see Chance, Chance Adams have an 11 ERA today, and he got shelled today. Um, so I don't really know what they do with him either because he'll probably go back to the minors and he'll probably pitch well again as a starter. And you know his stuff maybe just doesn't translate. They were right, obviously. They know more than us. Uh, it just does not translate to being a starter. So and he was in trade discussions already in the past, you know, as being a piece. Uh, so it's it's going to be really interesting what what happens with Chance Adams. It, it's a bummer that he's not had the spring that we all hoped he would. So I think we all want to see we all want to see the homegrown guys be successful because for so long we were the team that was all bought. Um, right. So yeah, I mean, and obviously you want to see everyone play good because even if Chance Adams is a trade piece, everyone could possibly a tra- be a trade piece, yeah. which is very exciting because we have so much depth in the organization. But one thing I would say overall with Chance Adams, uh, I, I think he's gonna he's gonna sort it out. At the same time, Tanaka's got over a ten ERA. Right, right. And one of the things that I like about this year in spring training in general, and don't get me wrong, Sonny Gray's pitched great. Um, there are some guys who are having nice little springs, mm-hmm. but nobody is over the top killing it. Like last year, Greg Bird right. hit four fifty and eight home runs, and Torres was uh, hitting like five hundred. Yeah. Tanaka didn't give up a run till his last start mm-hmm. and judge was so great and we made it pretty far but we fell a little short and to think that all these guys are going to have the exact same season or all of these rookies are just going to come out and light the world on fire the way judge did would set us up for failure so I like that people still have to figure some shit out it's a long season mm-hmm. we've got the team built to win um, and I, I think we're going to see Chance Adams this year it's just is he going to be a starter or is he going to be you know a midseason relief because again right. You know, we got CC in there. People are going to get hurt. He's going to get. He's going to get a chance. Yeah, for sure. Um, he he will be up. It's just he'll and it will probably be as reliever and where and and he'll be just another good arm to add. Maybe his stuff will just translate way better as a reliever than as a starter. So that might be interesting when he gets sent down. Is where do they use him there? Like, cause, I think he'll still be a starter. You think AAA. so? Yeah, I think they want yeah, to work out his arm a little I bit think to too. Start at least, but there's a chance. You know, as this season gets long. You know, he could come up, get some starts. Someone comes back from the DL. He's done enough to not keep a spot. But, uh, you know, Severino had to do some long relief work and look at where it's gotten yeah, him. Exactly. So. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, in non-on-the-field news, uh, probably the biggest news of the week, uh, short of Neil Walker, was Ken Singleton announcing this was his last year. Uh, beloved announcer in the booth, uh, analyst, uh, probably my second Analyst next to Paul O'Neill. I just love hearing Paul O'Neill speak. I could listen to the guy. I, just... I put David Cohn up there too. 
I guess Coney's Coney's right. If, if me personally, I would go O'Neal and then Singleton. But Singleton, I mean, he's just been a staple in that booth for for you know quite some time. Uh, and uh, it's going to be it's it's pretty shitty. To, uh, Kay clearly wants him to stay. Kay was like tweeting that um, he's been trying to convince him and stuff. And Singleton basically shot that down and said he's ready to step away. I don't know where he's you know maybe he's just you know he's got a, I mean seventy years old. Yeah, I think yeah. he just probably wants to like retire. Right. Yeah. Like. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, it was, it was sad. This sad to hear. Where did did you like Ken Singleton? Uh, JJ, what, what were your thoughts on him? Uh, I like Ken Singleton. I think it's interesting because he wasn't a Yankee which is very yeah, rare yeah. on the um uh, on the yes network right. but I am I'm Paul O'Neill's my number one yeah. if I'm at a game and like I go in into a suite and the games on TV I can hear Paul O'Neill's calling the game mm-hmm. I'm actually upset that I'm at the game and not <laughs> listening to him yeah I normally don't go to old timers day I went last year and I didn't enjoy it as much because I like to stay home and watch Paul O'Neill mic'd up in the yeah. outfield. Oh, yeah. It's um, fantastic. He's the he's the best. Um, I love Cone. Um, but Ken Singleton's good. You know, he, he's a good broadcaster. He's very much like as you watch David Cone and Paul O'Neill over the years, like we've kind of watched them become broadcasters mm-hmm. from just being former players. Oh, yeah. And I think Ken Singleton's a good example of like where a former player can end up. Yeah, for sure. I just don't want to hear more Flaherty. As long as like, if this leads to more Flaherty, I'll fucking lose my mind. I I, I just don't like when he talks. You don't he, like those John Flaherty, Bob Lorenz, Seattle games? I not I'm not the biggest fan of those. Those are typically on mute when I'm in bed and it's ten and it's like eleven o'clock and I'm I'm listening to music or something, doing anything but listening to John Flaherty. I um, I don't even I barely remember Yes Network without Ken Singleton. I'm looking it up right now. He I mean he's been there for oh since. Before the inception of yes, joined the Yankees broadcasting team in 1997. So, yeah. yeah, I was born in 1996. Essentially, I literally the don't remember Ken Singleton yeah. with the, the Yankees without Ken Singleton. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, in terms of a replacement that I was thinking about, someone brought out to me Nick Swisher. I don't know if I could stand Nick Nick Swisher every single game, like being an analyst type like that. As much as a lo- lovable person he is, and like how he brings a good, and he's great on Fox. Listening to him every single day, I think I would lose my mind. He'd just be like, dude, Aaron Judge hit that ball so far. It'd be like his 46th home run of the season. He'd have the same exact reaction for every home run. He had a he had a transcript, like, was it two seasons ago or one season ago? And he said, dude, 15 times in, like, two paragraphs. <laughs> I think I would lose my mind. I have- could see him maybe, like, as a studio host. Like, maybe joining, like, Jack Curry in studio. I don't – because he is a studio host. So right, right. I don't know if I could That's take nine innings up. say. He's uh he's a every couple minutes for a half hour guy. Yeah. He's not three hour broadcast no. guy. That would be so terrible. <laughs> it would be so bad. <laughs> I would lose literally lose my mind. It would be crazy. Um yeah, studio broadcast, maybe yeah, studio host. Yeah, that that could that could definitely work. Um but yeah, so so that was sad to see to see Ken go, and I think we have a good throwback later in the episode uh, of Ken, uh, one of his more iconic moments, I think, in the booth. Um, but I wanted to get your thoughts on just the whole team and like a full season type prediction. Where do you think the expectations are? Like, you know, are they the highest they possibly could be? Because last year started out, and we'd be lucky, you know, if we thought to win eighty five games last year. I hate my phone, and uh, basically, I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on on where you think this team is going and how high they can possibly go. So last year I predicted um, on like every podcast that I went on to talk about this and everything I wrote that I essentially predicted what happened. I said, this team's young and dumb enough that they can get off to a hot start. The team will add the pieces 
that they need to. And we went out and got a Sonny Gray, who we haven't even seen. I don't think we, the Yankees, as Yankee fans, we have not seen what Sonny Gray can do yet. Yeah. He, he wasn't really exceptional for us. And we went out and we made some moves and, and we bolstered the lineup uh, some and we made it pretty far. I think this year the expectations are obviously much higher. So it's going to be one of those things where I, I think we get out we maybe struggle even like in the first few games. I could see us struggling similar to when uh, like LeBron James went to the heat and I think they lost like four of the first six or something like that. And everyone's like, this is terrible. This will never work. Look, yeah. the, the Yankees will figure it out. Um, and then I just see us, you know, the summer just plugging away and just trucking along to the point where it gets to around the, um, the deadline and I do see us going out and making a, a somewhat significant splash to put us over the edge. Um, I see us being about a, a 94 to 98 team uh, win team, mm -hmm. uh, winning the AL East. Um, as far as where we go, the World Series is the goal. But there's a lot of tough competition. We got very lucky to come back against Cleveland last year. They're right. going to be tough again this year. And, uh, you know, we also... Houston, they're, everything goes through Houston, mm -hmm. and they just got better. Like, that's all they've done yeah. is they went out and they added pitching. They got Garrett Cole. Yeah, they lose some leadership of a guy like a, a Beltron, but they have guys like Derek Fisher who are going to come up for a full season right. who are, are young impact players. So their rebuild, we're going to continue to see more of. Uh, and I think the games that we play against them are going to be very valuable during the regular season. So you would consider them to be the team to beat still? I mean, they won the World Series. They have to be the team. To, even if they didn't add Garrett Cole and have these guys coming up, like they just have to be the team to beat. It'd be so They're stupid. Ridiculous. They're so, so good. stupid to not say that. Like, they, even though we are the World Series favorite, like that's to Vegas. That's not in my mind. And yeah, I mean, like I know, I think we've talked about this before. Vegas, like they just know more people are going to bet the Yankees to win the World Series yeah. than the Astros. Like I think that they probably think. Houston is the better team. I mean, they won the World Series and they got better. And they the added Derek Cole. Like, yeah. how could they not still be the favorites? Yeah, hundred percent. But um, I, um, I always yeah. wonder when it comes to the Vegas lines. And this was the thing I said last year about the time that um, you know the win projections come out and you can start to bet on uh, win totals and uh, you know who's going to win divisions, World Series, and things like that. Uh, last year, the Yankees number shifted. And I thought that that had a lot to do with the Patriots being in the Super Bowl. A lot of people who are Patriots fans who are also Red Sox fans going to Vegas for that and betting, being like, oh, I'm out here anyway. I'm going to bet on the team, hmm. uh, on the Red Sox. So that drives down the Yankees. Interesting. Uh, I haven't seen really an impact this year on that because we, we've gotten you know so much better. But that's just kind of a, a thing that I pay attention to. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's a similar thing to like – Whenever you see Duke, like Duke basketball playing, their spread will always be a little more like the Warriors too. Like those spreads will be they're such popular teams that their their spreads are always inflated because people are going to take them no matter right. what. And they want to have the same amount of money on each side, right. basically. So if you see this Yankee team, like their their over under is always going to be like it's just Higher, always yeah. the highest. They're because they're the Yankees, so like that also has to definitely factor into it. But I think what did we say their over under was was it ninety four and a half, ninety three and a half for, and I think that's a pretty good number to be honest. They'll be hovering right around. They should definitely be over it. 
with this team and like if they all click. And I agree with you that we could start slow because who do we start with? The one team that we can't start with. The one team that we always struggle where uh, is in Toronto. We Toronto is an enigma. I don't, no matter who is on the team, I know Joey Bats won't be there. Encarnacion's gone, but they're just like when we're in that that's at a, the what, dome or whatever they, the Rogers Center. Uh, we just can't win. It's just weird. Where do you think it's worse to play? There or the Trop? With the catwalks and everything. We're, well, as a player, worse to play... Well, we just can't... We always... I mean, win. I don't think they win in Tampa that much either. I feel like every time they no, go to Tampa, they lose two out of three. I that too. I mean, the Rays are a team that, no matter how bad they are, like, everyone... It's one of the things with being the Yankees in general. Everyone gets up for you coming right. to town True. or going to Yankee Stadium. But uh, especially, like, going to the Trop, we really struggle... We struggle at Rogers Center. It's like fucked up, weird fields. Yeah. Um. The the stadiums aren't built for. Well, I guess Rogers Center might be, but like the Trop's not built for baseball. It was a hockey arena first. Right. So all the facilities stink. It's it's really two places where you don't want to go. And we see those teams back to back. Luckily, one of them's at home. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um. So who do you think? Oh no, I think that's coming up in a DM. Actually, we'll get. I was talking about the. Uh, Opening day started. We'll get to that in a little bit. CC actually had come out and said that because with his whole knee injury, um, you know, his, his his past of knee injuries, pitching on the turf would not be like you know that's just not an ideal situation. But he said he's down to do it. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, I did want to touch on th- this came uh, to news right before we started recording. I don't know if you saw what Aaron Judge Machado got into today, um, but the reports came out that Machado that a Judge basically courted Machado um, before their spring training game. Uh, and, I mean, you just have to love hearing something like that. I mean, Carabas is out here panicking, tweeting at um, uh, the FBI and the, the uh, like counter-terrorism, counter- unit. counter-terrorism yeah, yeah, yeah. units and stuff that, like, we're tampering with Machado, which is just hilarious. His brain's already scrambling for next offseason, and we haven't even started this, off, this season. Um, but you have to love Judge just, like, going out there and reaching out to Machado because, you know, next year they we're all going to shift to Machado once the offseason starts. And, you know, it's going to be Machado gate every single day. There's going to be, you know, where where is he? Where is he vacationing? You know, what you know, what he tweet out? Is there a symbolism to anything? Um, so you just got to love Judge already getting a head start on everybody because I want Machado. So Yeah, you got to love it when the guys, when players, like, kind of take pride in being part of it. I mean, even though – he only spent a little bit of time on the main roster, and he's out now with a concussion. So who knows? You know, it sounds pretty bad when Clint's going to get back. But right. he was tweeting last year at Bryce Harper yeah. about shaving his beard and getting a haircut and all yeah. that stuff. And oh, I think yeah. Bryce is out of play for us now because uh, unless he can play the infield or start, yeah. I have no idea where, he like, seems, where we would put he him. He seems destined uh, for Chicago. They need to so add a 10 spot in the bridges. lineup just for but, the Yankees. Um, you got to love that when when our young guys are networking with other young guys. That's how it all had. I mean, and I don't want to make you know a lot of the, the Dominican players all do that. Right, they're all friendly. They're all recruiting each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want this to be you know it's not a race thing at all. It's just that's something they've done. They have like a brotherhood. Yeah, and it's good to see that expand to just like the brotherhood of young players yeah and, and that whole dominican thing it's not race it's like it's they also just play together in during the winter right, right. they're all down there like playing together it, so it's di- it feels different from a player being like oh i want to play with this guy than like an owner being like we're gonna try to sign this yeah, person next yeah. offseason like yeah. it's totally different yeah carabas is just a, is a legitimate crazy person um okay so tom we were gonna get into some dms here yeah let me pull them up we've what, got what do we got five dms all to right. go through today and Tom, I just want to say, great pizza review. 
Thank you. Could you believe that they didn't invite me? <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's that's wild. That's wild. That and Dave going to Louie and Ernie's and giving it uh, a, a somewhat low score in my book. <laughs> I haven't, I even, I haven't had Louie's and Louie and Ernie's. Have you had Pugsley's? Yeah, like years ago. I mean, I'm 33, but yeah, when I was in co- you know in college, I, I was over there drunk. Yeah, I, I feel it's like amazing. I. Yeah, I I gave it a seven point two. Like I hope they that was the lowest of the three scores. I okay. hope that like the Pugsy's owners aren't like mad at me. Like that was a really good batch of pizza. That's better than it usually. How is. How often do you usually go in there? I mean, it's like good drunk food. Maybe I don't know. Like one one. I mean, I I, I eat there a lot just for dinner. Like I'll, I'll order it in on like a Wednesday night okay, too. Okay, gotcha. Because they have real food too. I, I eat there quite quite a bit. So uh, <laughs> you're gonna have to next time you're in there just for the score like. Whatever the tip jar is, like, make sure they do it, and like, you're gonna have to Costanza and make sure. Oh, I mean, there's no reason to tip if they don't do, if they don't see it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have our first DM from Danny Wong. Do you think the big man CC can replicate or even come close to what he did last year? Like how he's how he was considered a stopper. I think he was undefeated after a loss in the regular season. Yeah, I mean, CC was that type of guy that like whenever there was a little skid, three game skid. He just came in and was just he just six innings like one run every single time and in the playoffs he was money. Um, it's a lot to ask for him. How old is CC? Was thirty seven? Pulling it up right now, he's thirty seven. Yeah, he'll be thirty eight in July. Okay, yeah, I mean it's a lot to ask for that type of season again from that guy, especially with his history of knee injuries. It'd be tough to get through a whole season again without that knee barking up at one point. Um, but he's not the ace of the staff. He's the fourth starter. So, like, there's not a ton of, you know, there's, these guys should all be better this year. Tanaka should not start out the way he did. Sonny Gray should be much better the whole season. Uh, Severino should be a god. Like, there shouldn't, he, there won't be, I don't think there will be enough, that, that pressure that he had to deal with last year of saving the day every week. You know, so, I I don't think he'll need to be the stopper, hopefully. Um, but, I, I mean, you just gotta, as long as he's healthy, as long as the knee stays intact, He's going to be a good pitcher because he, he changed the way. He completely changed his philosophy of pitching. He used to be this power pitcher, and now he's all about the backdoor slider and, and yeah, picking his spots. Yeah, completely. And he, and he extended his career because of it because if he didn't, he'd probably, probably be done if he didn't. So And now he's got, you know, he could pitch a couple more years, hopefully. So um, I, I, I hope to God he stays healthy because I think that's the key. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I hope he doesn't need to do what he needs to do because right. we had last year. We had some stretches where it, it got scary. He'd come in and he'd be that stopper. Hopefully, we don't need him to do anything like that again. Uh, I don't think physically. I mean, it, it was. I don't think he could do it again just because it was so good that like you give me a twenty-five-year-old that's going to be tough to do what CC did last right. year. Um, but I don't, you know, from a starter, you want like 30, 32 starts from him. I don't need that from CC. Give me like 23 starts. Yeah. Like you need an extra day. You need to get skipped. You need to skip two starts with a nice little DL. Go nuts. Yeah. But be in that clubhouse, be the leader he is, the role model, and uh, and be available to give us that. I don't need eight innings. I'll take five one-run innings out of CC. To you know, get it to our bullpen that has seventy closers. One hundred percent. Yeah, there's no need to ever. The, the part with that where like you, he don't want him to go deep is that's a pride thing with him. He hates getting taken out. Like he just like and who knows what his relationship with Boone's going to be when Boone has to step out there and take the ball from him because you know with Girardi it was a problem. You know he would get pissed right. at Girardi and, and, and they were out. together. 
since the beginning with the Yankees. I'm from 09 on. That will almost be like one of the more interesting things to look at with Boone to start is his relationship with CeCe. I can see Boone getting alpha pretty easily. (laughs) Yeah. CeCe's a fucking intimidating guy. Um, See, that's the problem with him with innings. It's like he doesn't want to come out, and and it hurts him sometimes. Um, There was a second part to that DM, right, last time I checked? Yeah. And one guy up, bottom nine down, one man on second. Basically, clutch situation, who do you want up? Game on the line, man on second, two out. Yeah, bottom of the nine. Who do you want up? My answer is no doubt about it, Gary Sanchez. I'm, I'm going, going Didi, Didi Gregorius. Yeah, there we go. I had a feeling some. Yeah, you guys would say Didi. I don't know, Gary. I, it just, he, it's everything about him. When he came up um, with the the tie game in Game Five, when uh, they against came, Houston, he had the big double. Yeah, yeah. Like I had all the confidence in the world he was going to rip that two zero fastball right into right center. Like I just whenever there's a big moment, I want Gary there. You don't want Judge with the propensity of the strikeout. Same thing with Stanton, I guess. If you you just need a hit. I want Gary Sanchez. Didi is obviously right up there, though, for sure. I just see Didi, Didi making more contact. He's going to put the ball in play more often. Uh, both, you know, power hitters. Obviously, Sanchez much bigger power hitter. But mm-hmm. I see Didi really choking up and just, you know, slapping a ball the other way if need be. Yeah, yeah I think he could put a ball in play. Sanchez maybe is more likely to draw a walk, but I feel like he's also more likely to chase a curveball down in the dirt, you know, two strikes. I think Didi, but I think back to, I think the biggest home run of the postseason was his three-run home run first inning well, yeah. on the first in the wild card game against Minnesota. Yeah. Like, well, that, that was, was electric. That was fucking nuts. I have I have watched that home run probably 500 times. Yeah. <laughs> without, it's without question, 500 times. Um, to quote, to quote yeah. Riggs, wild. <clears throat> wild. <laughs> wild. Um, it, it, we were talking about Gary for a second. I just wanted to get your thoughts. What do you think, uh, how do you think he's going to be defensively this year? Do you think we're going to see improvements of him getting his fucking ass in front of the ball and and not having these these ridiculous pass balls that were a big big problem the second half of the season. So I think last year he got in his own head. He hit a certain point in the year where it, you know it was maybe August where it was just like you're fucked defensively. Yeah. You've got the yips. You're not coming back from that until you get the off season. Yeah. And everyone thought thinks he thought he lost weight and stuff. And he said no, I've just been like right. still the same weight. I've just been working really hard at my defense. So you hope that pays off as the season goes on, you know, you can, you know, you kind of, you can get a little lazy with, you know, he probably catches 120 games. So kind of getting behind, you know, getting behind the ball, you can see some, some fuck ups there, but you don't, don't, the big thing is you just don't want to see him have them pile up and get in his own head. Uh, It's one of the things that I don't like about Girardi leaving, even though I thought it was time to make a switch Mm -hmm. is Boone wasn't a catcher, right. so he doesn't have that, you know, I'm a veteran catcher who had a, a pretty good career, listen to me, yeah. position. Right, it, it, but it does seem like, it, even though you would think Girardi could have solved this, and maybe I guess he didn't have enough time to do it, um, but he wasn't making any progress with Girardi, and I don't, it was weird, the benching and everything, and, and that's when the whole talk of, like, is he a catcher for the future? He has to be our catcher oh, for the future. When you have an arm like that, and the amount of people that, like, we need for this DH uh, whether it's Judge or Stanton, you know, revolving door, with, you know, if anyone else needs a day off, you can't have Gary Sanchez be your DH. And, you know, first base, Greg Bird is a fucking 
potential 35 home run power hitter, so you need him at first. So it's so important and imperative for him to be our catcher this year and for years to come. Uh, so hopefully someone is, is talking, someone is speaking the right words into his head and, and figuring out, and hopefully it is just the yips that uh, caused everything last year and he just gets outside of his head. Um, so what would be our next DM, Tom? Okay, what do you guys think the biggest holes are that should be addressed at the trade deadline, if any? And this is from Brendan Mills. He says the only ones that I can see right now are speed off the bench and a high-end starting pitcher like Chris Archer. Yeah, speed. I don't know if we necessarily need speed because Tyler Wade is quick and Tyler Wade is going to be a great uh, piece off the bench. Um, and I, I don't, This crazy thought came to my head of like possibly bringing up Florial late in the year, but that screws with his... It could be a September... But that oh, screws yeah, with his yeah, service time and everything. Clock. Right, yeah. So that would be... I mean, if we could just have him stealing bases as a pinch runner, he could be unbelievable. He would be... He would steal two bases in, in one pitch. He's, he's that yeah. good. Um, but in terms of a whole... I mean, the biggest glaring issue will be they'll need an ace. Um, it, Maybe. I mean... It, it seems if like... Severin, I mean, you think Gray's going to win the Cy Young. I do. <laughs> and Severino almost won the Cy Young. Yeah. So I don't know if they'll need an ace that badly Maybe if it ex- all... Pu- Pans out. It, it comes into more of like experience, and I don't know necessarily who's out there besides like a Chris Archer. I don't know, but I mean, we're going to have pieces because this there's so many people on this team. There's only 25 roster spots, and there's so many. And there's only so many play, playoff spots you can have. So we're going to have pieces, like we said earlier, Chance Adams and Dehar. If the if there's no roles on there, you know, if, if everyone stays healthy and we have no role for them, like, well. This is our, we're going for the World Series. You might as well as make a trade for a starting pitcher. So uh, we didn't do it in the in the off season, and we saved up our cap to do it uh, in and stay under luxury tax for now because no one else is going to have that. Like we're going to have so much more money to spend than the Red Sox do in the trade deadline. That's such an advantage that we're going to have. So probably starting pitcher that would be it. I would think. What I do mean, you think? I I agree. I want to see because listen, someone. Someone's going to get hurt. We're probably going to lose a starter for the year. You know, someone, you know, it kind of always happens. <laughs> it's a good that thought to have. Someone's going to go down for at least a significant amount of time. And I would love to see us be in first place by, you know, a couple games, seasons cruising along, everything's good, and then go out and do like what the Astros did where they got a Verlander where everyone just goes – like, fuck these guys. Yeah. They really just got better. Yeah. Like, they just added that guy, whether that is a Chris Archer. Um, you know, I don't see Clayton Kershaw coming available no. or, or anything like that. But, you know, a, a lot of teams are looking for a bat, you know, late in the season to add. I don't think we're going to have that issue. No. I think it's going to be who is the veteran that we can go out there and get. And one of the things that, let's say – and Duhar gets to come up and, and, you know, he's he's playing really well. And we don't, you know, we can maybe shift away from thinking about a Manny Machado. Uh, then that gives you an opportunity to go out and maybe trade for a starter that's got a couple years on a contract that, you know, is just somewhere, you know, similar to what happened with Verlander instead yeah. of just a one-and-done guy. And a guy I just pulled up, it's, his contract's big, but it's not lengthy, is a Felix Hernandez. Like, what if they went after Felix? I think that's like falling in love with the name too much he's been rumored in the past and i wanted him in the past it, oh like, i mean that was a guy i wanted like 2010 for... felix yeah. with the hat and yeah. everything he, yeah. he was unbelievable I don't but know, he's I don't know. 26 I mean, million over the next two years uh, yeah it's you tough. can't do that that's you a tough contract that. to that's take on. money well that's yeah. i mean who knows what what we're sending the other way though like it, they could work it out where we're sending you know multiple prospects like a and a horror and uh, you know, Dem- you know, who knows, Domingo Acevedo or something like that, and then you throw in a contract like Brett Gardner. Who fucking knows? They, that could easily happen in like you know, 
trickle that money. Felix would be a guy that came to mind. It's tough to like think of veterans yeah. that will. I guess that as the season plays out, these guys pop up. But uh, a starting pitcher seems like something they'll go after. Uh, Speaking we, of yeah. possibly trading people to Seattle, just randomly, like how stupid do you think Robinson Cano feels? He's right the now? dumbest person oh. on the planet. His agent, like, yeah, well, who's his agent? Jay Z, well, Rock Nation. Well, yeah, yeah. it's not Jay Z. Whoever his actual agent is, is a fucking idiot. Like, oh, just go get a little bit more money, and you're gonna be miserable in Seattle. It, it well, was the agent the still got move. paid. The agent's still getting their money regardless. And yeah, he probably didn't have another huge contract after him. Right. So, like, you know, they picked up, you know, uh, you know, five million dollars. Right. You know, the the third day the agency's open. But, but I'm glad it happened. I mean, I'm glad he's not back. I it, mean, none, none of this. They they don't have Giancarlo Stanton. They don't have they don't have the team they have right now. If they have Robinson Cano, yeah, and we, I don't think we have the team we have. But I think we're still in a similar position in terms of like being competitive. Um, I'm, I'm so big on the butterfly effect. Our ownership, yeah. But um, but didn't we end up yeah, paying no, Ellsbury? So stupid out there. Now he's yeah, just, that's true. They paid Ellsbury paid instead. a ton of money to be part of this uh, Ichiro like goodbye season. Yeah, miserable. It's like that's just terrible. And like, there's always this weird false hope with Seattle. Like, oh, is this the year that they make a, a run in the West and then they win 80 games? They've never made the playoffs since I've been a, a <laughs> conscious human being. <laughs> like, I, I've never remember watching a Seattle Mariners playoff. They're, they're game. fucking miserable. Um, but the thing is, actually, I thought of we signed Ellsbury instead of Cano, right? That's where all yeah, the money well, went. Well, and so the, instead of Cano, they signed Ellsbury, McCann, and Beltron that offseason. I mean, I could have lived without those guys and had Cano in his prime. Yeah, but I mean, I think them signing that and working out so poorly kind of jolted this Would whole I rather rebuild. be, you know, like, I wouldn't change anything in the world to be where we are right exactly. now. Like, That's we are, my thought. We are in position to dominate baseball for the next, or like, or be right up there with the Astros and Indians for the next 10 years. Like, we are the best situation ever. Everyone fears us. The Red Sox have, they can't even hold a fucking finger to what we have in the future. Neither can the Mets fucking, they are fucking on suicide watch watching what we're going to do for the next 15 years. So, yeah, it all works out. Everything happens for a reason. I'm a big fan of that that little saying. Um, my girlfriend uh, in college actually said that to me when we broke up. So I have to believe that, I guess, for now. Everything happens for a reason. <laughs> so sad. All right. So bad. Next DM. Dude, your fucking relationship stuff. Like, I listen. I don't listen to every podcast. Yeah. But I've heard some shit. It's bad. Man, you just suck at chicks. I suck. Because I, I, I get roped into these long-term things, and then, like, I fall in love with the girl, and she doesn't fall in love with me, and then things and bad oh, things Oh, I heard happen. your KFC radio call, too. I mean, you've called in multiple times to KFC radio. Yeah, I was I was pretty drunk this time, and I was out of breath. But uh, it was that was tough. That, we have not, me and that girl have not texted uh, since, so hopefully she's listening to this. She's definitely not. <laughs> All right, next question. Yeah, she's not texting you, but she's listening to your fucking <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. It's one day. All right. Who would your Yankee Mount Rushmore be? And we're going to make it favorite Yankee Mount Rushmore because best Yankee is kind of boring and generic. So who is on your – so that's four. Favorite four Yankees of all time that you've watched and seen? Okay. Tom, you go first. Okay. So I have – this is in no particular order. Alfonso Soriano is on there. Alfonso, Alfonso. was my first ever – Favorite. Oh, actually, you know what? I may have to redo this whole list. So my first ever <laughs> good start favorite baseball player was Chili Davis. I was like three or four, and I was obsessed with Chili Davis. Chili. And then I I kind of liked David Justice, but I, my first fish, his name was Chili. I named him Chili Get after the fuck out. Yeah, after Chili Davis, and David Cohen was my favorite pitcher. Oh um, my god! But my first, like Alfonso Soriano, I loved Alfonso. Like 
30, he used to be 33. Now then he became number 12. Like those are my two favorite numbers still because of Alfonso. So when he got traded for A Rod. I bawled that morning. It was, I think it was Valentine's Day of 2004, and I woke up and like my dad. How do you remember that? My dad <laughs> broke that to me as if like a grandparent had died. Really? He was like, Alfonso got traded, and I uh, just like broke down. Uh, and when it was for A Rod, like I knew he was good or whatever, I knew he was great, yeah. but it was like losing Alfonso. But it actually kind of was a seamless transition because the next person on my Mount Rushmore is A Rod. I mean, I'll. One of the biggest A-Rod guys ever. Yeah. I love him. I, 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 I supported him. I met him. him if you don't know that. I did as well. Uh-huh. Um, multiple times. Um, Sick break. And I, I mean, you bragged first. And I would, I supported A-Rod through, through it all. Even when he was suspended, I never lost faith. I, I cheered him the opening day that he came back in 2015. Any games I went to at the end of 2013 after suspension, I was there. So I stayed true blue to A-Rod. Okay. Next up, Mariano. Kind of have to have a, a pretty standard one. I mean, Mariano, just great mm-hmm. person. Met him on an airplane one time going to St. Louis. Uh, <laughs> signed an autograph for me and just an unbelievable closer. Mm-hmm. I mean, greatest closer ever. How can you not like a, a Mariano? And my last one, now this is really, I, I think I could give you guys a thousand guesses, and I don't think that you would ever guess it. Okay. Sean Luis Soho. No, Sean Chacon. Sean Chacon. Sean Chacon. <laughs> Pitcher Sean Chacon, he wore the the hat a little tilted, which was always like a big thing for me. Whenever he was pitchers... undefeated as a starter, right? One, no, that, that was Aaron Small. You're thinking oh, of. They were the, but it, it was the same time. They were both yeah, the same so person. For 2005, me. he got traded from the Rockies to the Yankees, and down the stretch, he went seven and three with a 2.85 ERA. It was an unbelievable run. 06, he was off, played an ERA of seven before he got shipped to uh, Pittsburgh. But for some reason, I'll pull up the exact stat line. But I remember. That his first ever game, and I'm, I'm not, I don't have it pulled up yet, was against, I think it was a day game against the Angels in 2005. Okay. And I believe he went six innings or six and a third and allowed <laughs> one earned run. He just and he turned was, the laptop away to read that to make sure like he wasn't right, reading off. New York Yankees at Los Angeles Angels. Yeah, there it is. Six innings, four hits, one run. Oh, zero earned runs, oh. actually. Wait, Three walks, guy, four this, strikeouts. You're putting this on your Mount yeah, Rushmore. Yeah, he's on my Mount Rushmore. New York Yankees. And, like, if you ask my dad or, like, they know that he's on my Mount Rushmore of New York Yankees. And to this day. Yo, I've heard my, you on Barstool Radio, and I've seen you on videos, like, the rundown and shit. But, like, to actually be in a conversation <laughs> where you say some of the weird shit that you say, like, Sean Chacon is on my Mount Rushmore of New York Yankees. It's crazy. Why? Why? Never meet your heroes. Great. I guess. Well, I I was gonna bring this up later, but I and I I guess you don't remember this. This JJ isn't the first podcast we've ever done together. Oh really? Yeah, I don't know if you remember this. This was, it was summer of 2016, and I hosted a. It was like I did maybe like five episodes of it. It was a Yankee podcast at Gotham Sports, and it was a Skype. It was called podcasting and pinstripes and it, the other writer or the other podcaster was i'll give him a twitter shout out at the lester lee he was a black guy if that helps you remember it all and i i was in florida it's pretty and we, we did the podcast i do remember that didn't you have to go bo- borrow internet from someone yeah 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 <laughs> i was it, so that day i was at a dog track in, in uh, <laughs> west palm beach florida and so i ran really- into my gym teacher from high school from oh. long island i ran into at a dog track in west palm beach and I didn't have because we had to do it through Skype. And I was at my uh, my cousin's boyfriend's grandparents' house. It, like they were all having dinner, and I was just locked in this room with because it was like the only computer that had Skype. Uh, 
So anyway, there, there's How a little throwback This was weird. This was a weird podcast, and I remember I didn't look you guys up in advance. Like, I just said yes to pretty much anyone <laughs> who asked me to go on a podcast. I'm at that point, especially too, Especially yeah. if it's, like, yeah. someone just getting started. There's, like, a, a high school kid. I think you just did him, Hubs. Who? Is it Fui- Fuse? Yes. Dude, I'm doing him in half an hour. That sounded weird. Yeah. Like, yo, whatever. <laughs> you're doing a high school kid? You're doing your thing. I'm with you. Yeah. Like, I'll fucking do your podcast. I'd love to go on a podcast. Somebody invite me on. I got off that. I didn't look it up. And I was like, that had to be one of their, like, early podcasts. <laughs> it was. They're not there yet. They're not ready. And then I uh, I looked it up, and it was, like, your second podcast. Yeah. I, I think he, he reached out to you. Um, and okay. I was just like, yeah, sure. So right. uh, That's wild. Throwback. You weren't... Uh, Maybe it's because you were in that like room locked up that you weren't um, being as weird as you have become and put. Sean I mean, I was at my cousin's boyfriend's Rushmore. grandparents' oh, house after going to a dog track. I think that's pretty pretty strange. You're a crazy person. Um, okay, so my Mount Rush my my Mount Rushmore is very more normal than that. That I mean, we have Sean Chacon here. Starting off with. Wait, can I just finish? I don't oh, think I said this. God. Till this day, the the pitching line of six innings and one run is my favorite. You got I, it wrong, and I he always think sh- of Sean. He didn't give up a run. He gave up one run, zero earned runs. Oh, okay. so whatever. One run. Oh, it's still my favorite pitching line. I always think of Sean Chacon. So number thirty nine. Okay, first leading off for me, one of my fan. I mean, I've talked about him so many times so far. Hideki Matsui is absolutely on my Mount Rushmore. My bird, Harvey. Yes, I have a bird. When Matsui was up at the plate. <laughs> He would just do the the Yankee charge like da 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 da, da and then yell Matsui every single time he was up the plate. We didn't tell him to do it. He just like could figure it out. It was very weird. Um, but I've been to so many Matsui walk offs. Guy was so clutch. Won us, you know, in uh, the clinching World Series game. Six RBIs. He's unbelievable. Hideki Matsui, without a doubt. Number two, you got to go Jeter. Jeter has to be on your Mount Rushmore. How is Derek Jeter on your? I Rushmore? just thought it was Derek Jeter's, a standard. Derek Jeter is the person I'm going to teach my son how to be. Like I'm not going to raise him to be like me. I'm going to raise him to be like Derek Jeter. Like that is the person I embody to be like. And I mean, obviously, not as the owner, as the player, because the owner is not working out so much. Guy. It's pretty crazy. Number three, Jabba Chamberlain. That's my weird one, I guess. I was number 62 in high school because of Jabba Chamberlain when he was at his peak in the eighth inning just absolutely mowing people away with his dominant stuff. There might have been not – like, he was so exciting. He captivated the Bronx the Bronx Zoo uh, back then. Like, everyone just – when Jabba came in, like, you stopped what you were doing to watch Jabba Chamberlain pitch. When he was – before they fucked with him and made him a starter and before the bugs came in Cleveland, he was unbelievable. He was must-watch material, so he's on there. And number four, Roger Clemens. I, Clemens my favorite pitcher of all time. I mean, when he was just so overpowering, the rocket. I wanted to have frosted tips when I was younger <laughs> – uh, because of Roger Clemens, even though it would have looked horrendous, and my dad laughed in my face when I when I brought up this suggestion, like literally laughed in my face, like I, I almost thought I was in trouble because I suggested to get frosted tips, and I think he judged me from then on. Um, but when Roger Clemens was in, it was game over. When he came back, uh, when he was at the end of his career, it was awesome. Uh, I, I was a big Roger Clemens guy, so I'm going to go Matsui, Jeter, Jabba, and Clemens. So, how about you, JJ? Um, so I got. It's so tough. It's so tough. There are. I I also have the '90s World Series. Right, that you're going to you go a little further have. back. Right, there's so, so many more people to fall in love with. Yeah. I go Jeter number one. Yep. Uh, obviously, because Derek Jeter is just the the greatest person ever. Um, I've never met him. Uh, I don't want to meet him because I think it would be a bad experience. I yeah. don't think he would like so, me. Um, so I just never never meet him. 
Um, his wife is so gorgeous. You can feel her essence um, <laughs> a, as you're near her. Yes. Um, so he's amazing. Like, that's my guy. Yeah. I give him a kidney, anything he needed. Oh, yeah. Um, number two, Boomer, David Wells. Yeah. That's my guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he was – I wasn't fat when he was playing. I was actually rail thin. But I wore 33 because of him. I was a lefty pitcher. His mom was in the Hells Angels. My dad hung out with Hells Angels and was in another thing. Like, that was my guy. Um, And he just, like, partied. And I grew up around bikers. So, like, that's what I saw. Yeah. Like, that was the best. Absolutely. Um, Then I got to go Paul O'Neill. Oh, yeah. Um, Another lefty. uh, Also, you know, so that plays a big role into it. Mm -hmm. Um, So fired up all the time. Uh, And really, it's from, like, what he played – and like who he's become, like as a um, as a broadcaster, and just like his funny stories, like I just love the guy. Would love to hang out with him. Oh yeah. Uh, um, and then the last one would probably be just like Andy Pettit, because again, lefty pitcher. I was a lefty <laughs> pitcher. Yeah. Um, he came up when I was like, you know, being like the best kid in little league, um, and starting the pitch, and then like. Uh, I was, you know, he actually outpitched me the rest of my life there because uh, he had a much longer career. Yeah. But like that was my guy. Modeled my pickoff move after him. Tried to like imitate him on the mound when I was younger. Um, did you get called and, like, for a he, ton of? He box? was just trying to get healthier. Did That's you get, why he took that? Did stuff. you get called for a ton of blocks because you tried to emulate what he what his pickoff was? No, no, man. I uh, I was actually good. I remember one year I walked the first batter of opening day and then picked him off before I threw another pitch. Huh. That's like when I spent the offseason working on Andy Pettit's pickoff move. Interesting. I'm I'm very jealous of Paul Neal for you because you you were in you were conscious watching baseball like in like the, probably the prime of his career. Whereas me and Tom were probably too young yeah, to I don't really remember, remember any him. much, maybe the tail end. But like, obviously, we've seen all the highlights. We watch all the Yankee classics of him. We know everything about him. But I, I am very jealous that you got to experience Paul Neal like within your within your life uh, and and like remember it because he seemed like an awesome, awesome, awesome guy to like live through, for sure. So like Paul O'Neill is. Um, he's like etched from stone. Like the guy is just a muscle. Mm-hmm. That's he always has been. And then in like in you know ninety four, which you know we ended up having the strike. But ninety four, you got to figure I'm nine years old. I'm really just like like now I get baseball. Paul O'Neill's uh you know close to batting four hundred. He ended up in like the three fifties. Right. But every day the daily news would come and then it was just like, Oh, you know, in case, you know, I didn't see the game or, you know, whatever they had a section just on Paul O'Neill's batting average. <laughs> That's crazy. Every day they were like, Oh, he's batting four, you know, four Oh six or whatever it was while he was in contention for it. There would just be at one point in the, in the sports section, um, maybe like, uh, what would be like a quarter, not even a quarter of the page, like an eighth of the page. It was a long, uh, narrow thing where it would just say, like, Paul O'Neill with a picture of him batting average and whatever it was, and then below that would say what he did the day before, you know, two for four, whatever it was. Right. So, like, as I'm falling in love with baseball, like, you've just got Paul O'Neill, you know, putting up numbers. Yeah. Then he goes on to, like, hit a bunch of home runs. Um, you know, he wins these World Series. He's all fired up. And then, you know, 2001, the stadium was going to collapse for his, you know, last at-bat. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. That is one of my favorite things to rewatch. Yeah. 
Yeah, and him, absolutely. you know, looking at everyone in the right field too. Yeah, I'm. I'm actually. And, going and he was just like a simple guy. Like he wasn't. He he got paid well, but he wasn't like a superstar. He had a family, so he wasn't out. So whenever they asked him questions, he was just like, "Yeah, like this is my job. Like I'm here to do my job to play baseball, yeah. and we're gonna we're gonna try to win, and I want to beat the Red Sox." Yeah, and that's how it's that's how he comes through on the mic too. Like just this simple dude likes to golf. Likes to have. A, I don't think. I think he just does the Yes Network to pay his greens fees. Yeah. Like I think he's just like ah, I got to get out of the house. Excuse to play some golf. Yeah. I make a little money to cover the golf. <laughs> he um he must have the life. I would love to like just be stuck to his hip during spring training. Like he just oh. like has the best time in the world. Like they just he calls a game for a little bit. Probably gets it. Probably you know goes play eighteen and then gets drunk. Has, yeah. You know, he and, probably goes like, like Applebee's yeah, he or something. He'll complain if it's like the end of a yeah. like, homestand yeah. and, you know, him and Michael will be talking about like, oh, well, you'll be back in like two weeks or whatever. And he'll say, yeah, I only got in like two rounds of golf because like and he'll name his <laughs> wife and the kids are here, too. So, like, you know, they won't let me go play every day. I got to go do stuff with them. Yeah, 100 um, percent. I'm going through his game log right now of that 94 season and he hit 400 up until July 16th, which is just insane. He was a 405 hitter up until July 16th and he dipped below. And then finished with finished with the three fifty nine batting average. And then let's see, he was hitting four twenty eight through May thirty first, four forty eight April to start the year. He's just oh my god, he was awesome. Fucking love yeah. ball. No, it was insane. And just like imagine just being nine years old. There's no internet. Yeah. You know, like I didn't have internet at home. I think maybe my school had one computer with it. Yeah. And every day, like I got to go see what Paul O'Neill did. And, like, they're just going to tell me the average in, like, his own little graphic. Yeah, if that happened – if something like that happened this year, that would be just crazy. Like, like let's say Didi – let's say Didi was hitting fucking 459 in the month of April. Like, the place would lose its mind. Like, everyone would lose their mind. It would be unbelievable. Yeah, I, yeah. I imagine Twitter. Imagine his post-game tweets every game if he was hitting 400. He would never mention himself because he never does. Right. But it's just absurd. Yeah, crazy. Um, I do want – that. Essentially concludes um, the Yankee talk. I wanted to uh, see your input on my Vegas trip coming up and what terrible advice you have for me uh, going forward. If I can... is, that, uh, is your phone blowing when are you up? Going? Right How now? long are you going for? I'm going. Um, it's Thursday. I'm getting there noon Vegas time uh, and staying through till Sunday night. Okay, so tomorrow. Yeah, where are you staying? Treasure Island. It was cheap, and that's what we. You know, we didn't really care where we stayed. So. Oh, that's a rough one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a rough one. So, yeah, what you'll want to do is, I mean, you got to go to a strip club in Vegas. Like, it's going to cost you some money. The, unfortunately, the Olympic Gardens, which was in old Vegas, closed, and that, that place was a great time. But you should go to Spearmint Rhino or something like that. Check it out. Um, I don't know that – I don't know if pool parties are happening, but it's also St. Patrick's Day. So there's going to be, like, a ton of – like weird shit that that is like popping up around that. So like there might be like a St. Patrick's Day pool party or some yeah, shit or or something. At we're club. doing um, Wet um, Republic on Saturday. Okay. Yeah. And then you, I assume you guys aren't all loaded because you're no. like 25. Sir, far from it, actually. So my advice is when you want free drinks and to like gamble a bit is to sit down at a roulette table with a low minimum. You know, uh, you're at Treasure Island, so it'll probably be like five bucks. Yeah. Um, and if you just sit at the end of it, you want to get like day drunk, you sit at the end of the table and you bet two of the thirds. So if the minimum is five, you just put like 
Five on the first third, five on the second. Third. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Two out of every three times, you're gonna win as long as you don't. I've done lose this in like Atlantic City. In a row. Yeah. You end up normally making about a hundred bucks and having like, you know, four beers in an hour for free. Yeah. Um, and like walk around and drink because it's fun to do that. Yeah. Uh, weed, weed's legal there. Uh, they have dispensaries. Um, it, yeah, we have that. We have that covered. That'll give you a discount if you take a cab there. They have like all these discounts. So. Uh, enjoy all that shit too. Yeah, um, we have a couple concerts like lined up where we're gonna do. I think Friday and Saturday. Saturday's gonna be the longest day of my life, and I'm probably gonna be broke by then. Um, but we, of course, we have like the most shit lined up on Saturday. Uh, there's a good chance I just don't make it back because of March Madness and everything. It's crazy though; it's not gonna be as warm as I thought it'd be. It's gonna be like 65 degrees. So I got put back like one pair of shorts. <laughs> so I forgot March Madness too. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. where we're going. March Madness. Then I heard Patrick's Big Cat day. say it. I totally agree. See if there's like a sports book where you could get like a spot and just hang out there all day. And um, you're from Jersey, so I assume you know at least a little bit about betting on horses from where you are from Monmouth Park. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, just go sit in the sports book, watch the fucking games, and you can bet on those and, and get drinks and stuff. But it's good if you can like get that couch. And then you just go and – you could just bet horses like on the cheap, like minimum bet two bucks on some horse that's supposed to win to show. So it pays out. Um, you know, you win like a dollar, but you get drink tickets. Gotcha. Then you just sit there and get loaded all day. Huh. That's a good tip. Um, at the sports book, do they have the free drinks as well, or is that only the, the tables? No, no, no. They have it at at when you place bets, you get uh, drink tickets. Oh that, shit. And they'll give they'll give you that for that. That's pretty fucking cool. All right. Well, I, I thought if if anyone can give me some good advice, you're definitely a seasoned vet. At, uh, at Las Vegas, so hopefully I'll make it back in one piece. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that, that wraps up about everything. Uh, JJ, you... We have a throwback, too. Oh, fuck, we have a throwback. I'm an idiot. Yeah, okay, uh, so we're going to play the audio of this. Um, it, it has to do with uh, more of this week and who we had to say goodbye to, uh, so listen through it. We're going to play the audio right now. First pitch is hit high in the air, deep to left field. If this is fair, it could be... It is number 500 for Alex Rodriguez. Puts the Yankees in front. Well, A-Rod took away all the suspense. The first pitch he saw this afternoon, he deposits in the lower deck in left field, and uh, the Yankees take a 3-0 lead. As Alex Rodriguez becomes the 22nd player, and there's the fan who got the ball, in Major League history... To hit 500 home runs, can't beat that. Ken Singleton on the call. We said goodbye to him uh, the, this week. This will be his swan song. Um, and you know, a Rod 500 home run doesn't really. You know, I guess K was off that day. K must be killing himself that he yeah, was off that so day. You we, you came over to Maryland and you were like, you know, trying to get a throwback. And I was like, oh, man, it'd be great to get a Ken Singleton throwback. But I was like, you know what? He really. Has, I know he, he's kind of the default play-by-play guy when K's out. But I don't know if he's done anything. I was like, oh wait a minute, because I think I remember like. Michael K. saying, like, man, I wish, you know, I had that call. That's a big one. But, yeah, August 4th, 2007, against the Royals. I remember watching. I was in my den and just going nuts, going You're bananas. In your den. <laughs> but I think, I mean, Ken Singleton, I mean, I have a little more energy, man. I mean, I know, I guess Sounded I'm not like one to on talk. Yeah, Sounded I'm like not one to call. talk. But, I mean, he, he seemed a little unprepared for that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he did it, um, you know, literally, like, immediately into the game. So, there's no way. He, he was definitely caught off guard. But, like, you got to do a little more. It's 500 home runs. Yeah, JJ, do you remember where you were for A Rod's five hundredth? No, when what was the date? August fourth, two thousand seven. Uh, yeah, 2007. I think I was listening in the car. Pretty sure. 
I think I got Sterling's I was, call. I I was in college, so oh true. I probably I might have been watching the game. Probably well, it was not. summer though, I was right? Probably drunk. It was, I was summer. I was drunk somewhere in my, my frat house. Even in the summer, you stayed through the summer. Drexel, I went to Drexel. It's a year-round school. Oh, that's right. It is. Is my buddy? What? Yeah, my buddy goes. It's not year-round, but it's like tri trimesters, right? Is that what it is? It's It's quarters. Quarters. So yeah. You go as a freshman. You go for five years. You go as a freshman for nine months, uh, like September to June, like New York City public schools, and right. then you get the summer off. Then you either in the fall you either start six months of a co-op job mm-hmm. or six months of classes then you switch you do that for three years then you do nine more months of class and then you're out that yeah. sounds awful yeah it's a lot of work but like i mean it, it pays off no you, but you get you get co-op rich right so like yes. 100%. you go and you start off and it's like all right well i went to like a regular amount of school and then you know about a regular amount of college we also only get like two weeks for the holidays not like the whole month of january yeah that stinks so but- it's 10 week quarters so you go through and you're like all right well i just did like three quarters like that's cool and then you either you get the summer off then you either come back and if you're coming back to school it's like all right well cool i'm back in school i was in school fall winter and i think that's important because you you know you're used to being off in the summer so instead of being off from school you're working so you have money to do shit on the weekends and at night and when you're young like that like you have an office job and you're making like 20 bucks an hour and you're 19 years old or 20 years old and you're working a 40 hour week. So you're so rich in college then. And we were just like, you, then you just go to the bar all the time because you don't get hangovers. Yeah. Um, so you do that for like, you know, four years. You do in the fifth year get like, all right, now I've already worked a year and a half and I liked having money and I don't have money now. I want to get out there and make money. Right. But 100%. yeah, so, you, so you're always, a, there's always someone around. There's less people in the summer significantly less because you lose freshmen and mm-hmm. you lose seniors mm-hmm. um but it, it was a good time yeah i had a buddy who did the same exact thing and he got very rich uh <laughs> as a student and i was very jealous of that um yeah you can go on spring break every year like yeah. you can always afford to go on spring break because either you just made a bunch of money or you're about to make money so you just like you open a new credit card because you're in college yeah. and you fucking open a credit card throw it on you pay it off in two months. Very, uh, very jealous of that. I was very poor uh, as a college kid and tried to make my money sports betting, and it did not work out. So um, <laughs> the Vegas should go great this weekend. <laughs> uh, but, JJ, it was a pleasure having you on. You were awesome. We hope to have uh, Jan a ton uh, as we pretty much go 162-0 and this year on our way to a World Series championship number 28. Um, but, JJ, it was a pleasure, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, all right? Sounds good. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll come on whenever. Awesome. All right, and uh, that was uh, another episode of the Shore Porch. We hope to see you next week. Hopefully no one gets hurt. And, uh, yeah, 